Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this day is the Gospel reading that you just heard. Yesterday was Epiphany. It was celebrated in different kinds of ways. Some have church services on that day, especially if it falls closer in the week. But Epiphany reminds us of a special event. The wise men came to see the baby Jesus in a house with Mary. As I said, some churches celebrate with a service. For some Christians, it's still a time of Christmas. Marks the 12th day of Christmas. But think a moment about Christmas. I know it's been about two weeks since you celebrated Christmas in all kinds of ways, but I'm sure that you've all had gifts that you gave, but also gifts that had your name on it. Think about that gift, one gift, or you can think about all of them, it doesn't matter, but that gift, you did not buy it. I don't think. Anybody buy your own gift? Ah, you did. <laughs> Lucky you. Anyway, think about that gift. You didn't buy it, but it had your name on it. It was given to you by someone who thought about you and purchased that gift for you. You didn't know what it was and all it was inside, hopefully. You didn't do any snooping. But it was for you. So what does this talk about a Christmas gift have to do with our text this day? The baptism of Jesus. But listen again to the beginning of this gospel reading. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and Jesus was baptized. Our Gospel reading does not have all the years of Jesus growing up doesn't tell about the flight into Egypt when the angel warned Joseph to take the babe and his mother to escape the, the killing of Herod's, of the young boys two years and under around Bethlehem. doesn't tell about the return also when Joseph decided to go to Nazareth so that then, of course, scripture could be filled, filled that Jesus be called a Nazarene doesn't tell about the boy in the temple, age of 12, talking with the teachers of the law and his mother and father, not missing him until three days and then going back and finding him then and he saying that he must be about his father's business. Now our, our gospel reading talks about Jesus being an adult, coming to John to be baptized. And as he came to John to be baptized, he came for a purpose. John had been preaching 
saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I baptize you with water for repentance. So why did Jesus come to be baptized? If he was the Son of God, why did he need to be baptized? Other people were there. But for Jesus, certainly not for repentance, as John was preaching. Here was the sinless Son of God, who was coming to be baptized, just like the other people who were gathering around John at the Jordan River. But his baptism assuredly was not for himself. Not for himself. But for us. It was not for anything that he had done that deserved God's anger or wrath for him to repent. But he would be baptized that he could take the place of every sinner. He was baptized for all of us, for the whole world. Now, for God so loved that world, as we know the scripture verse. But he was being baptized because even though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself. This is part of the, his state of humiliation, as the Catechism says. In this state, Jesus was truly God, but he didn't always use his powers as God. But his human side showed up. His human, being a human being, just like us. But in this humility, he came to do what the other people were doing, to be baptized. He had heard John preach, of course, but he knew also he was about his father's business. He came to be baptized for others, for us. And by being baptized, Jesus was putting himself in our place. Same place of every person, so he could take our place under God's judgment. Because we all are, as sinners. Because there's no, not a righteous man on earth, a righteous man, not one. Nowhere can you find one. But he came for that very purpose, to be under the law, just like everybody else. To face God's judgment, and he would, even in that death on the cross. But John would have prevented him. This would not have happened if John would have had his way. But Jesus said, hear those words again, let it be so now, because it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. If there was any hope of righteousness, Jesus had to be baptized be like us, the righteous for the unrighteous. This had to happen because for us sinners, it had to take place because none of us would ever match up to God's righteousness. None of us would ever be good enough. None of us would ever be able to satisfy what God demands. But as Jesus said, let us fulfill all righteousness. 
It's fitting for us. You know, by himself, John provided no salvation. He came preaching, preparing the way for the Messiah to come. But by himself, he couldn't save anybody. But notice Jesus says, for us to fulfill all righteousness. The only thing that John was doing and adding is that he was partaking in this moment, this special moment when Jesus came to be baptized. This was all part of God's plan for our salvation. This is all part of his, the purpose of Jesus coming to be baptized. So Jesus had to do this as a necessary thing so that people could be saved and enter the kingdom of God that John was preaching about. So John relented then. John baptized Jesus. And then hear those words. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A little voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Must have been a marvelous sight to see and even to hear those words. I am well pleased. God had made a plan for our salvation that was being accomplished. At this moment, he was identifying Jesus, this man, as his very son that he had sent into this world. This is the one that he had sent to fulfill that promise first made to Adam and Eve back in Genesis, that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head and the serpent strike him in his heel. He was here to accomplish all that God had set out for him to do for us, for each one of us, for everyone. And so God spoke these words. Father was giving his approval that his son was pleased, that he was pleased with what his son was doing at this very moment. And then what he was going to do in the days and few years ahead to accomplish his plan of salvation. God was so pleased because his son was going to make heaven and eternal life available to everyone through faith in him. And he was pleased because his son was going to do something that no human being, nobody else could ever do. That is to be righteous. Righteous. To do everything right. To do everything correctly. Perfectly. No mistakes. No errors. Of course, that's what we hope we could do, but of course, we can't. But now that Jesus was baptized, he would fulfill all righteousness. After he stepped out of the Jordan River, that voice came from heaven again. That voice saying of the approval of his Father. It is said that, it is said that all roads lead to Rome. Well, even in Cheyenne here, when they built the city, you know, this first, all of the roads at first were leading to the train depot. But for Jesus, 
when he left the Jordan River. Every step that he took led to Jerusalem three years later. And during that time on his way, he encountered all kinds of people, just like you and me. He encountered those who were sick, and he healed them. He touched the lepers, people who were outcasts of society. He gave speech to those who couldn't speak. He opened the eyes of those who couldn't see. He opened the ears of those who were deaf. Lame people could walk. He ate with sinners, tax collectors, people who were looked down upon. He didn't omit anyone, didn't overlook anyone, because he came to be their savior and ours. In every way, Jesus would remain perfect for his Father, so he could fulfill all righteousness. Because he was born under the law, he fulfilled all the requirements of the law. He did everything that God required, because you and I can't. He did it in such a perfect way that he could take upon himself our sins, remove them from us, and pay that price for each one of us, for the whole world, which is hard to believe. For everyone who has ever lived or will live, he has paid that price. A every person has their sins paid for because it cost Jesus his life on the cross. He fulfilled his father's plans, his father's desire, even to that very point of dying on that cross for us. Because Jesus completed that plan of salvation, there is forgiveness of our sins. There is peace with God, and there is eternal life in heaven for those who believe in him. And through that faith in Jesus, he gives us righteousness. His righteousness, because we have no righteousness of our own, but he gives us his, saves us from our sins and eternal death. So we can be assured that all righteousness has been fulfilled, only because of the empty tomb. Now we need to hear about his resurrection also. It's not just his death, but his resurrection assures us that everything has been accomplished for us. The powers of sin, powers of death, the devil himself, all have been defeated. They have been broken. He has won the victory. His resurrection proves that it all has been done so that there's nothing you or I can do to be righteous in God's sight by ourselves. The Chinese have an interesting character for righteousness, that word. It's made up of two characters, one for lamb and the other for me, personally. And when you put them together, the lamb over me, you have the word righteousness. How fitting a picture for us that between me and the God, the Holy One, there is the Lamb. 
takes away the sins of the world, mine and yours. So what is this Christmas gift? What does that have to do with this gospel reading? Well, Christmas has come and gone, but there is a gift. The gift has your name on it. Again, it's something that you did not do anything to earn. Didn't pay for it. Couldn't do anything to get it by yourself. Of course, it's a gift of righteousness that comes and is given to you and to me by Jesus because he was baptized and then crucified, died, and rose again for you and me. It gives you this gift through faith in him. It's also yours to remember in your baptism, also this day as you come to the sacrament, because it is for you. But you enjoy this gift, as you would enjoy your Christmas gifts. But even this gift, because it brings eternal life. May you enjoy this gift all the days of your life, even unto that eternal life, because Jesus was baptized for you. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understandings. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto that life everlasting. Amen.